Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read and some that I don't finish reading as I read them and I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, joining me today is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And uh, we just finished recording another science fiction book review short. We and did. And I said, oh, we've got one more short and one more full episode. And Juliana <laughs> says, let's just do another short one right now. Yes, let's get into it. Let's just, let's get into it. Mars. Mars is a planet. Is a planet. Mm. Mars is also... Uh, many, many books. Is many, many books. But this one, there's many books which have the name Mars in them. Yeah. I've done um, A Princess of Mars. I've done Moving Mars. I've done Green Mars. No, sorry, Blue Red Mars. Mars. Uh, Red Mars. Red Mars, whatever, like that. <laughs> so uh, the other day I was thinking, I was finished my uh, a book that I just finished, which we just reviewed. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, which was uh, How to Rule an Empire and Get Away with It by K.J. Parker. And I was like, oh, I need to find another book to listen to as I fall asleep. Yeah. And... Um, and I was, you know, like scrolling through. Oh, I you didn't were want scrolling. To, yeah. Yeah, but you were scrolling for a long time. Yeah. And you were scrolling so long that I then turned to you and yeah. asked you what what's going on. Yeah. And you said, why don't you read? Uh, a Mars book. No, no. you didn't say that. Oh, you did said, say? you said, why don't you read the follow up book to or the, the monk and robot book oh, too? Yes. It's here in and the library. That's app what I suggested. It. Yes. And I said, I don't feel like that because I just want something where, you know, someone someone's on Mars. I think I said, you know, just, yeah, to, just goes a, to another planet. Yeah, someone it? goes to another planet, goes to Mars or something. And in my head, I was thinking, you know, I want something like oh, maybe like a Mark Watney. Let's have him, mm. uh, you know, let's let, what is it? Um, uh, the Martian. Yeah which almost has the name Mars in it. <laughs> yeah, or I was thinking like, oh, maybe I'll start, because I'd just seen, as, as I was scrolling through, I'd seen Green Mars, which is the follow-up to Red Mars, which we uh, which we both read and reviewed a few years ago. Yes. And I was like, oh, you know, I've, I've read that before, but maybe I'll get to it again. Yeah. Um, but then I remembered, I just kind of said that as a throwaway, you know, throwaway, <laughs> like, oh, I don't, I don't want a story about monks and robots and whatever. I don't want to, I don't want more... Torwave squeak or short story stuff. You said you wouldn't use this term. No, I said I wouldn't and... call it squeak or. Okay, but you just did. Yeah, no, I say Torwave slash squeak or because Torwave are the things that the people I... in the in group I know, might I want understand. to call it, and squeak or is what I'm saying to to make to make so people know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I didn't want that. I just wanted some. Hey, let's just get some guy in a spacesuit on mars kind of action yeah. and so i remembered oh i uh, before uh, a few years ago i read oh uh, was it last year in fact i should bring up the list here it wasn't that long ago it's called grand tour here we go grand tour number 18 ben bova where i reviewed it uh yeah in 2021 so a year and a half ago yes yeah. uh, june a few years ago venus by ben bova yes and so and then i was like mars you know because i had mars in my head. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. and i remembered that all of these were in the audible free library or loads of these ben bova novels are in the audible free library yep so i was like oh check it out downloaded it started listening to it and i was like i, I was like mm, don't remember this and then a scene came up that i clearly remembered some guy is, is training um to go maybe maybe to go to mars maybe mm. not to go to mars because we know he's on mars because there's some like uh out of order storytelling you know okay. non-linear storytelling switching backwards and forwards between this guy training and also but we already know he's landing on mars because he's in, but he's in the, training on earth he's training on earth yeah and um 
he's he goes out onto the Russian steppe somewhere and he's, he gets into a plane mm-hmm. and they're like, ah, oh, we've got to find something. I can't remember what it is. We're looking for something. I can't remember what the name was. It's sort of like, let's call it Madripoor. We're looking for Madripoor. It's not that. It's something else. <laughs> and they said, and they take off and they're like, and he's like, oh, where are you going to, do you think we're going to find it? He said, oh, we're going to look for it. And he thinks it's a place. And then they get him and they throw him out or he has to jump out the plane. I can't remember exactly what it is. And he jumps out the plane. Uh, they said, you have to jump now. And he's like, uh, okay. And he jumps Uh-oh. and he's got a parachute on don't oh, worry okay uh, and he parachutes down and then he's sort of like oh it's a pity that happened because we were looking for madripoor and they're like oh no that means courage in russian and you we found it you have the courage uh, we wouldn't let it anyone was it, it was a test oh, it was a test it was a test but right. it's a fun test it's like oh this is some good writing yeah. here you know and yeah. i was like i do remember reading this probably you know 25 years ago when i read this book the first time i think yeah. it came out in um, in fact, I should look here. First published uh, 1993. No, 1992 it was first published. Okay. So I probably read this book in the 90s. Yeah. So yeah, 20 uh, years ago. Yeah, probably. Yeah, around about that. Um, so uh, so I remembered it. I was like, I definitely read this. And as it went on, there was a few of the bits and pieces that I remember. Yeah. And later on it came. So I was like, okay, not completely forgettable. Unlike Venus by Ben Bova, where like literally every single next chapter that I got to, I was like, oh, I remember what happened here. I remember, you know, that was like a bit yeah. more adventurous. And this yeah. is a lot more like some scientists go to Mars and look at some rocks. Um, <laughs> what's, I mean, that is quite highly likely that that yeah. is, uh, that's that what's is gonna basically happen. what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's <laughs> compared to Venus, which again, someone said the, the Venus was like a retelling of a, of a, an old an old novel an old seafaring novel called the white wolf or something i can't remember what it was but you know yeah. sort of, that has that has different roots yeah this is very much more like what would it really be like for someone to mm-hmm. really go to mm-hmm. mars and mm-hmm. look at rocks and it's like yeah kind of boring you like you go to antarctica and do the training like all the stuff that happens you know early on and as they're doing you know in the, in the uh, red mars books yeah and you yeah, know yeah. All, all the backstories of all these things yeah everyone goes down to antarctica and trains there everyone goes to siberia and yes. you know learns how to land something there and they yeah. go to do they go to Arizona and there's red rocks there? So, or whatever it's going to be, you know, yeah. everyone does. Uh, Do the geology training. Which is exactly what we just saw with the uh, with the um, the Apollo 10 and a half movie yeah. that we watched. And it's like some nine-year-old kid doing it. And you're like, oh, right. Okay, so exactly what they do yeah. in all of these in all of these movies. Yes. Um, so, yeah, early 90s. Uh, goes going to Mars. Uh, weirdly enough, there are people like sent, and then they sent me a fax, and I got this fax message. <laughs> well, and then, like, let me say, well, in Germany, that could still be yeah, actually true. Have, get out some floppy disks, then go to Mars, and like, oh no, no, don't look. You've run out of photos on your film, but don't change the film now because that might have some important pictures on it. So we'll get back before, and then we can change the film in the camera. And I'm like, okay, you know what? But I'm totally fine with this yeah. because we live in a world where, like, back in the day, history could have forked off, and we could have gone to Mars in the 90s when. There were floppy disks and film cameras. Totally. No problem at all. Yeah. Again, we, from all mankind does that kind yep. of thing at all. Yep. That they're up to the 90s, but like the t- some technology has gone faster mm-hmm. because they've kept investing in technology and space. Yeah. But then other stuff is like behind and yeah. they're trying to tell these powerful stories. So it's fine. It's an alternate history or an alternate future or an alternate timeline where they're on Mars, but having film cameras and floppy disks. Yep. No problem at all. Yeah. Um, it, but the the big issue that <laughs> big I have with but. this, yeah. two big issues. Oh, made some one issue is that I just wasn't interested in the end. It turns out okay. the story wasn't like again. This is a story which had written ninety three. Yeah. What would it be? Or nineteen ninety two. What would it be like to have like a, a a really realistic like view of what it would be like to go to Mars? Okay, but but the- again, this has been done many times since. Yes, better. But also, it doesn't have like a big like. Um, 
um, puzzle thing like in The Martian where, no. where it's also about like a really direct like how would it be yeah yeah exactly real- it's, but the thing is this is stuff from the 90s but yeah. not going not going anywhere into the details of the science and technology like mm-hmm. The Martian does mm-hmm. and not getting into like the politics of establishing a colony mm. as as you know uh, Red Mars does yes. and all of these other Mars books where people go and establish stuff on Mars yeah. you know it doesn't it doesn't do anything as well but it was kind of probably early on in this kind of new ways of new wave of Mars fiction which was much more of like alright we've been to the moon <laughs> what would it be like now to go to Mars and in the 90s it's it's kind of like yeah it would be possible you know it, yeah What's what's a big thing like the space shuttle? Not that interesting for science fiction reasons. Going to the moon was, but space shuttle is like yeah, we're just going to low Earth orbit. We're not really learning anything. I mean, it looks cool. It looks like a big plane that flies into space. Yeah. But science fictionally, there's not a huge amount to do with the space shuttle. Yes. Um, yeah, we're just resupplying, and it yeah. it, it was no, it built, u- reusable. It built the International Space Station. Yeah. Like it did do stuff, of course. But it really is like in this book, all you can do with it. So I'm like, ah, yeah, I guess it's a taxi. Like mm. we're going to go up into space. Mm. All right, let's fly up there on the shuttle. Mm-hmm. And it's all like, oh, that's very. That's... I mean, it's it's in the name. It's yeah. a shuttle. It just it's, shuttles you back and forth. Exactly. You know? It's not. Well, meant the shuttle to was be... the whole system. The orbiter, if you know yeah, what I mean. Like, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get nerdy about this yes. stuff, but whatever. Uh, but what there is in this book is racism, and it's kind oh, of the racism which could be. Fun racism, if it if fun this fun racism. No, let me say, when when I read um, from the Earth to the Moon, by uh, no, which which one's the Jules Verne one? Uh, Journey to the Moon, whichever uh, one of the Ju- J- Jules Verne is. Yeah, yeah. Where, Journey to the Moon. No, from the Earth to the Moon, from, I think is. I don't know the Journey English to title. Journey to the Moon is I think H.G. Wells. Anyway, Jules Verne. So what he's doing, he's like it's it's a fun satellite. The whole world is going to get together and try and build a spaceship to get off the Earth and go to mm-hmm. there. And it's sort of like, and the French did this because they're a bit French, aren't they? And the Germans <laughs> or the Prussians were doing this. It's like, yeah, well, you know, they and the British, well, they were all like this, weren't they? And of course, it's like, yes. And then we got and then the Australians, well, they probably wouldn't have been Australians, but you know what I mean. And then yeah. some people came from the colonies and these other people, you know. And it's sort of like this way of like, ah, oh, right, we can we can use these we can use these, the different um, stereotypes. Yeah, different. It's like for stereotype for their stereotypicality. Yeah. <laughs> and in here we get we get similar kind of stuff. Like, oh, the Russians are all like got long names and are drunk all the time. And well, not really, but uh, it, it's you know. And there's the British guy who's all like uh, suave and twirls his mustache. And uh, and you get these people from there. And the and the Brazilian is she's really sexy. And the oh, and the Native yeah. American he's really honourable. And the Americans they're all into how much it's going to cost and how profitable it's going to be. Okay. And, um, and the Germans are all stiff and the and the whatever there's going to be, you know, it's very basic racism based character stereotypes. OK. And and then also the characters in the book are very like racist against people. Like there's this one guy who happens to be Austrian and nobody likes him and they make Hitler jokes about him because mm. because of course, because they of course, do. because of course they do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's all kind of stuff. So that felt very dated, like you can do that now you can have stereotypes and stuff yeah. but they have to be grounded in humanizing mm. rather than just being cheap yeah. character and buildings then, and then pe- then in the people who have been accused of these stereotypes either proving them wrong or proving mm. that it's actually 
a good thing and helps the the whole team uh, like yeah. the team gets better because they have all the different backgrounds and all yeah. the different people yeah yeah, yeah. The, you know we, like this, we combine we our together. strengths yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah which is fine uh, the other thing this book has is sexism and misogyny and combinations of the two all of it <laughs> so uh, it has all of it. it what do you mean all of it like all of the isms no 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 very specifically racism and very specifically, sexism okay. and misogyny. There's probably other isms in this book, but this is from the 90s. And this and Ben Bova probably didn't even know they existed at the yeah. time. Yeah. Like, you can totally see he's blind to, like, because he's writing probably as an American. Yeah, he must be an American. He's writing as an American. And he's totally blind to how people see America. Mm. Like, he knows how people see the, like, Russia or the USSR or whatever it was called in 1992 when this book was written. Yeah. Like, this is a very, the Cold War is falling apart, you know. Yeah kind of book yeah but yeah so he's very much like oh there's something that happened oh these russians killed my family because you know i'm romanian and something like that and <laughs> yeah. it's really bad now so it's everything yeah and all the and all now think about all the ways that like people look at america and are like a, a little bit down on america for how much a much america hmm. meddles at. so let's put aside all of that mm -hmm. and and all of the other issues which mm -hmm. he's blind to because mm -hmm. it's not he's not good enough because he, he, he's i don't know you know he an old, out of an old white american guy yeah um but this book might as well be called male gaze instead of mars you know like mars this oh, one time yeah. <laughs> because oh my goodness this book is all about guys obsessed with like this one woman who's the daughter of like the like one of the main mission leaders not the mission leaders like the politician uh, who's trying to get the ooh. mars mission together like this and her name's like Alana or something like that. And all the time I was like, look, no, she's not flirting with you. She's just smiling and she's, she's attractive. Being. She's she's a person. She is a person who, ha you, who you, you happen to find physically attracting and she isn't ignoring you. That's that's not her showing she's attracted no. to you. This isn't an excuse for you to touch her, to comment about her, to leer over her. Oh, it's oh, like like it just begins straight away. Not quite immediately in the book, but like there are other women, but they're you know they're different characters. They're, mm. they're, they're, you know, yeah, they're helpful women. Yeah, yeah they can be like the motherly woman and <laughs> yeah. the voluptuous. But this is and so Alana, she's like oh she's all perfect and she's like a child, but like a really sexy child. And I'm Ooh. like whoa wait okay no uh, yeah sure uh, okay whatever right like that and um no but you know what i mean sort of like oh she had the face of a child but the body of a sexy woman and i'm like mm, a little bit that? yuck a little bit yuck <laughs> and 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 then like in the terms of the plot in the, uh, she's only like used by people so mm. the mustache twirling uh, mm. twirling um british, uh, guy. british doctor guy mm. he's sort of like ah don't want this austrian person to be on oh, this austrian guy he's the austrian mm. guy is like this with bad attitude and nobody likes him mm. i don't want him to be on the mission but I don't want to write down he shouldn't be on the mission because mm -hmm. he can cause trouble and like I want to be on the mission but I don't want yeah, to cause yeah. trouble. So he he hatches this dastardly plan which is sort of like okay this this girl Elena calling her a girl of course even though she's a woman in her own right but she's the she's the daughter of one of these main politicians yeah and she is definitely going on the mission because she's the daughter of the you know the one, one of the main guys okay um so but what but but he this Austrian guy is known to be a um. Uh, you know, like a bit of a womanizer. Mm. I'll tell him that she's interested in, in in him. And so that means he'll then approach her and hopefully do something so inappropriate. Literally, he needs to do something so inappropriate to her or with her that we can then use that as a pretense to kick him off the mission. Oh, God. Like, and I'm like, 
okay, that's her function in in this as well, uh, in in this story. And yeah. I'm like, what else is there to her? And then I was really excited for the chapter begins. Alana's story. Let's look at her file. And it begins with, she lost her virginity at this age uh, on this date in this way. And I was like, wait, what? So the the first time Excuse that we actually me? see her thing, like the only thing we're concentrating on is like the how she lost her virginity. And it's sort of like, yeah, she was 16 year old and then her instructor at school. Oh, that's it. But it's just kind of thrown, it's kind of just thrown out there as sort of like, oh, she was in love and she was really, she wanted to tell him. And, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is like probably statutory rape, but it's being cast off as a thing. And then, but then after that, because she, she happened to find out her mother was dying on the same day that she lost her virginity or the day after or the day she was going to tell him, she was then like, oh, and then she, she never had sex again. And I'm like, so what? She's, she was like, raped when she was 16 by her instructor at school maybe but it's like not like if they'd have given like an, no details at all like oh she lost her virginity when she was 16 I was like alright yeah whatever but then it's sort of like this like this kind of comment about it I was like no details would be better than any details here at all and then but now since then since she was 16 she's like this untouched beautiful virgin with a perfect body and a fake childlike face and stuff and and then at one point there's like people like they're coming in from the, the Mars and they're getting out of their stuff and they're saying, oh yeah, the three women, the three biologists over there, they're all, they're all, you know, the three women and they're, what is it, Hera and Aphrodite, no, Hela, Hera, which one is it? Aphrodite? Hera. 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 Hera and Aphrodite and whatever. Oh yeah, because Hera's the motherly one yeah, or whatever. Yeah. The, you know, the, and then Aphrodite. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely Elena because she's definitely got the body to be a goddess of lust or whatever. And I was like, guys, stop having conversations <laughs> like this. Like, even if you're having conversations like this, I don't want to read you having conversations like this. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like it might this might be very very realistic 1993 men going to space but you know what was so great about like the Martian is that there's Mark Watney out there by himself and Andy Weir didn't have to write him interacting with any women. He didn't have to write any uh, love stories, he didn't have to write any, you know, yeah. flirting scenes. Also, you authors just don't have to do no, that. No, no, this is the thing. At like, all. What, what is good about science fiction, bef- lit- okay, there's this crossover point mm. of where old, you know, the old masters of science fiction, old mm. old white men mm. uh, are still writing science fiction, but they're told, oh, okay, it can't just be, oh, they, there was a certain point where they could just write an entire book, which was just sort of like, yeah, here's, here, there's a space mission. Of course, it's like six men in space. Like, you know, the when I was talking mm, yeah, about yeah. like um, Old Judgment Fled by James White. It's like, okay, there's a mission. It's written in the 1960s or 70s, Apollo era technology, and they're going out to Saturn or whatever. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be six men. And then, you know what? That is better than trying to include women and by having an old white man not know how to write a woman not know how to write about a woman and then when they do want to write about women writing about women from the point of view of someone who just assumes that the male gaze is the correct you know all that kind of stuff which like people have learned over the last 30 40 years or whatever that you can't just write about women this way it's it's really off-putting yeah you know and it's just also it's just wrong to look at women like that like it's just like there's always really these kind of uh, when I when I read or hear about yeah. this, I'm always so 
baffled that that is. And I know for a fact that is how men look at women. Yes, again, and that's and what I'm saying. I like, don't want to say it's wrong because no, no. in this way, the twirling mustachioed British doctor guy... Yeah, he probably it's, would. It's okay. Like, it's... like. I'm not saying it's bad writing, but it's like unreflective writing. Yeah, very it, much so. Like you can have someone who looks at a woman and goes, oh, she's got the body of Aphrodite, but that can't be like just, like it can't just be thrown out there as like, that. that's not character building for Elena, the person who it's about. Do you no, know what I mean? Like, but not. that's the thing. It's mixed up that the, the view of the author who goes, oh, and now let me introduce this person and talk about how she lost her virginity when she was 16 year old, because that's the most important fact about her. Oh. And I'm like, that can't be like a character, like a male character in the book could think that about her. Yeah. And that would be OK writing. But when it's from like the author's point of view, mm. it again maybe that could still be good writing but i'm trying to say it's like, like i want to separate out like what the topic is and yeah. then how bad the writing is yeah. but in this way they are so in, in okay put it this way we just i just mentioned for all mankind mm. this book's got stuff in common with that you know for example yeah. there's you know a, a young woman who goes to mars pretty much because her father's in charge of the mission <laughs> yeah. but here's the thing we don't mind that because, of course, she's the main character, yeah. and we need we need people to come out. You know, we need we need characters that we're rooting for to come mm -hmm. along. But she had an entire season of backstory in the previous season of you know season two of For All Mankind yeah. when we got to know her heritage, we got to know her, her relationship with her father yeah. and her mother. We yeah. got to know she was and, trying to track down her her brother. Yeah, and... her, no, it was a half sister who yeah. worked at the Vietnamese oh, restaurant yeah, yeah. or whatever it was. You know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. she's adopted and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then she's like, then she's oh, I want to go on the mission, and then she can she get on the mission off her own back if she goes with NASA but does she want to go with her father mm. but because her father did work for NASA but her mother's working for the company and and all of this kind of stuff going on backwards and forwards and then there is a there is you know there she is one of the people who you know gets into a relationship on the way to Mars or whatever yeah but that's earned you know it's it's earned and it's fine and we're like oh this is great this is good you know and it pays off in some ways because it's her story yeah it's it's not like the the guy that she has sex with. He's just sort of like the side character, you know. Like it, yeah. it, it don't even like we don't even meet him until halfway through the season or whatever. But also, it's it's her choice, her decision, and, yes. and she has every right because she's there as yeah. no. But Elena her, in this book, it's her choice. I'm saying it, you could say that these are the two stories, but one is told from the point of view of of someone who is a human character who has a past, who has a personality, who has goals and dreams, yeah. and she's there like. In that book, in the in the movie, she's the biologist who's who yeah. wants to look for life. Yeah, Sorry. she has an important. I said is, in the book, in the TV in the show, yeah. it's the same. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like they've gone right. What? Who do we need mm -hmm. on Mars? We need a biologist mm -hmm. who is, you know, you know, his who is short, has got a fit body, and the you know the engineer is going to want to have some sex sort of with training. or something like that. She's got some training. She's the daughter of someone who literally is is running the company back there, and <laughs> also the mission, you know, the mission guy. But she's yeah. on the NASA one but he's over on the other one it's, it's, I'm just saying in this book that is the same character Elena yeah. she's a biologist whose father is yeah. helping run the mission and is there and, and I'm like why how can one get it so right and yeah. it's like a fun storyline for for an interesting character yeah. and leads to some fun drama later on with the biologist who's got yeah. you know who's having sex in space and then this I'm like ah yeah because uh, one is reflected and one is unreflected yeah and and uh, I want to say this with why it it can work this way is that sometimes you need a person that already has inside knowledge and you don't have to tell them every little bit. Yeah. 
because because of her father. She knows all the little yeah. the she's unspoken, grown up at NASA. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> There's so many unspoken rules and things that a, a new person always has to learn everything yeah. by making mistakes, by trapping into things like everybody knows how to do that. And, yeah. and so a, a person that has a personal connection yeah. in these roles can sometimes skip that yeah. and make things you're, you're, easier. You're focusing down onto something very uh, like, something that I don't want to make a point about. No, what I, I, understand. Wanna, I, I understand what you're saying. But here's the thing. For all mankind can get away with silly, yeah. you know, soap opera drama between yeah. men and women. And yeah. w- because that whole first season is like, what if space race, but, but <laughs> women... And by the time you get to the end of season two, you're like, oh no, women are actually the capable ones in charge. Yep. And then... Then in the third series, you can, like you can get to oh, but what if you know mm. like how do these relationships and play off and it's okay mm-hmm. that like then it's fine to bring up you know um, someone having an affair and mm. it causing drama or mm. something because it's earned you know yeah. and women aren't women aren't just plot devices for men to to try and get each other kicked off a off a mission yeah, to Mars or whatever it's not not comfortable and the first to thing read. we know about them isn't how they lost their virginity. Mm. Which they were probably raped in in in, in high school, anyway. but it looked it sounded like it was phrased as oh she was in love with that yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, no, she and, uh, again from the point like the author was saying oh she was totally in love with her instructor at school. Even and they had worse sex. than it was uh, even not told to her or not even uh, obvious to her when she then grew up. Well, that, that's the what, thing. Well, we don't know because the only because because she she was she her mother said don't do anything that you wouldn't be willing to tell me about, and she you know got a phone call from her mother or mm. she was going to call her, I can't remember which way around. She called yeah. her mother and was going to tell her that she had lost her virginity mm. to her school instructor. And, uh, uh, but then she got news that her mother was dying of cancer or something. And then and she didn't d- tell. Didn't tell her and then didn't, didn't have sex with anyone afterwards. So, but we're never told why she didn't have sex with anyone afterwards. Like, was it so traumatic? Did she ever reflect back on it? Mm. You have all these different things. Like I listened to this podcast last year with the, ten- the tennis podcast and they had Pam Shriver on there, who's like this, you know, legendary tennis player. Yeah. And, uh, and she was like, oh yeah, starting when I was 14, like I fell in love with my coach and then like, cause I was traveling with him all the time and I fell in love with him. He was, you know, like 30 years older than me. And then, you know, we ended up, you know it became later on it became a sexual relation and they were like oh so you were abused and she was like oh no i wasn't abused and then it sort of like uh, uh, again this is 30 years later after and then after months of reflection when she came back on the podcast she was like oh yeah i was definitely abused <laughs> like but she never saw it at that way if you know what no, i mean because because when you are that age the emotions are real yeah and the adult in this relationship needs to notice yeah that what they are doing but this character is, in this book, Elena or whatever her name is, I I, I just said that name as a, yeah. as a off the top of my head. Yeah. She's Brazilian, so probably not Elena. Uh, that's like maybe not Brazilian. Oh no, it would work out. I'm not sure. Um, but Elena is in the uh, in the for all mankind. Oh, is that what I? Is, yeah, is like that... the 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 engineer, the the young engineer who whose oh, father yeah. works as oh, a yeah, janitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Elena. Mexican. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. The uh, the I guess she's American because she yes. becomes a citizen. Yeah. Either way, I'm just saying that like we don't we never see anything from her point of view mm. enough mm. to know anything about her except what our main character, who I've not even mentioned, because he's just some boring guy, mm. like perfect guy, whatever guy. And of yeah, and it's so you stopped reading. Yeah, I got about you know like seven or eight chapters in, 
Mm-hmm. And, and and it got to that line where she certainly has the body to be Aphrodite, the goddess of lust. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to carry on with this because, again, I don't even have that good memories of this book from when I read it in the 90s. Right. I don't remember all of this stuff because you know someone someone said um, on uh, on Goodreads. Uh, let me let me uh, check this out here. I've got a notification. People asking for stuff in. Uh, uh, oh no! Let's, well, let's click on that one. Um, commented on books I would like to see reviewed. Oh no! I've just clicked on top three books for 2020. Zivin said Sea of Tranquility, The Thousand Earths, and Unhappenings. I'll check them out later. Um, so Zivin commented books I would like to see reviewed. No, sorry, not even that. Hollow Man said, "Surprise! Luke hasn't covered Piers Anthony. Maybe give Macroscope from 1969 a try." Uh, even in the 1990s, I felt found that Piers Anthony books, which I read because, as I said, I went through the library <laughs> and I started at A, a. <laughs> and I went through and read every book with a dragon or a spaceship on it. And you know, Piers Anthony there writing some fun science fiction or fantasy books. Yeah, and I was reading his books then in the 90s when I was about four, 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. They felt dated to me then in terms, <laughs> okay. in term, literally as 13 or 14, it was quite titillating because I oh, like some people want to have to. And then after like a few books where it's all like titillation and, you know, oh, these people and they're in a fantasy world, but they're all naked or whatever. You know, yeah. I don't even remember the books, which yeah. which books these were. After a bit of that, I was like, hmm. Yeah, I kind of want something a bit more like grown up, like a bit yeah. more adult in that way. Yeah, and, just... and I was 14 years old at the time and thinking, you know, uh, Piers Anthony, this feels a bit dated. And I'm just thinking back now, Ben Bover, mm-hmm. again, I read some of his other books mm. and they were fine, written in the 2000s when, you know, you caught up a bit and yeah. it a little bit better. But I'm just like, do I really want to go and read some more old white American guys who were born in the 1930s and were the big science fiction guys in the 1950s who held around, you know, who carried on mm. until the 1980s or 90s or whatever and until they're like 80 years old and they're still like, she had a body of a child. Oh no, what is it? She would look so childlike. But then when you saw her body, you're like, she's no child. And I'm like... Yeah, because even as a... Even as a a child, like when you read these books, you saw and knew how humans interacted. Mm. You know, like you you had an understanding of that is just not a thing anymore. In the same way that now we understand that that is just not the way to to look at anybody. Uh, And even if you think that... Just leave it in your head. Nobody else needs to know that you thought that. And then you reflect on yourself and think like, oh, maybe I shouldn't even have thought these th- thoughts. Yeah. You know, and this yeah. is the kind of like you you see reflected in everyday life how people try to interact or how they actually are interacting with hum- other human beings. And that is just not like that, you know. So I think even as a, a, young, a young guy reading the library books, that is something unconsciously that you notice. Yeah. You didn't listen, did you? No, I did. I did listen. No, I did listen. And But I was looking at these books, these Piers yeah. Anthony books. You that can't I was, No, no, I, I did. Because, again, I was wondering if they were science fiction or fantasy. Two worlds, the scientific pro- proton and the magical phase exist side by side. So actually, that was it. It's You go from one world where it's science fiction and goes over to the other science fiction, yeah. which is fantasy and stuff. Yeah. No, but I totally understand. Like, you know, these books were written in like the early 80s or something. And... 70s like that was yeah. the one that was suggested on the listener yeah it's from 1969 thing, 1969 yeah. yeah and 1960 years I, I, like i say only 11 years before i was born yeah but 
but but but even like noticeably a generation out of date by the time I was reading stuff at when I was fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. And now that I'm thirty two. 42 <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say I want to say and now 30 30 years Freudian later no 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 I, I was gonna say 30 years later I was like oh it's not 30 years later I'll just say my name but no not 30 not 30. now that I'm 42 I just I just not yeah. sure how many of these old white American guys I can keep going back and it's not like spoiling my memory because like even at the time you're like wow this is a bit racist isn't yeah, it yeah. Jerry Pornell yeah you know but also like some of these books can hold up because they have um even for now, looking looking now, they have yeah. stories that are strong enough to make you look over all these... Overlook. Overlook some of these things. Yeah. But generally, and this guy's books feel like more like, oh, they he just churned out science fiction books and, and not... Not every every author yeah. and every book can can like have the the amazing story to outweigh all the yeah. all the dated. Yeah, that's the thing. How stuff. many of these what are now considered the good books mm-hmm. of this current you know squeakor the tall wave squeakor novels? Like, wh- how many of these are going to stand up? And in thirty or forty years time, people say, yeah, this is the best yeah. one. Like, there's not going to be that many. A handful. Like, if even if that. Yeah. Like, if you look back and say, okay. Give me, let, let's go. Best books of 1954, 1968. And people go, oh, 1968 was a good year because there's three books you can still mm-hmm. read which hold up today. <laughs> you've got Dune and you've got Man in the High Castle and you've got, I don't know, uh, yeah. I'm just picking some time off, yes. some books off the top of my head. Yeah. But like it, it, it rarely happens. And again, some of those we only remember because they won the awards mm-hmm. and were like by some great authors mm. but like so many times i'm going back and go oh right this oh, ursula k Le Guin, that's re- she's really good isn't she and you're like oh yeah i can see why she became popular at the time but even now some of those books you're like ah doesn't that's yeah, not, not every book can, it's not can gonna be hold up level. and so why would i keep going back and addressing the books i mean if if a book's a classic like i say i really enjoyed going back and re- catching up with samuel r delaney mm-hmm. because that's like a different voice because that's literally not just an old white American guy. <laughs> yeah. It's an well, it's an old black gay American guy. So at least there's some other stuff going on there yeah. where you go, all oh, right, there's some interesting storytelling and ideas here. Um, anyway, this was meant to be an SFBIP short because I only I only read like and I only got two hours into a 15 yeah. hour audiobook and we've gone 30 minutes. So maybe a bit longer than a short. It is a bit longer, but that was mainly due to the topics uh, that we talked about Luke, and not so much about the book itself. Yeah. Luke literally stops reading a book because he gets, he gets um, squeaked out by, what is it? What's no, what's the word? Not squeaked. I found it icky. Whatever the word for icky, <laughs> finding something. Yeah, I was like weeded, ickied out by like how like this this author, you know, Ben Bova invented this character mm. of Alana, mm. who's you know who's got a chi- face of a child and then but the body that every guy lusts after and stuff. Oh, and it's like, but that's the thing. It's sort of like all these guys. Are like, so I'm like, she's not even like. Why is it like? Why do we keep concentrating? Like you invented her. Yeah. Like at least make her like. KJ Parker's doing in you know in sixteen ways to defend no no uh, how to how to rule an empire and get away with it he's saying like oh yeah and all the stories have to have a kick-ass uh, female lead yeah. and he makes jokes about it like yeah sure she's wearing a skimpy outfit but she's really good at fighting and dancing and everyone like cheers when she kicks yeah. the ass of the bad guy at the end and it's making fun of the idea of like well in theatre well everyone has to dance and look really good and they have makeup and she's got a wig on and stuff like that yeah. but but you still get the idea that oh no. 
and also she'll kick your ass and she actually owns the theatre so you better yeah. look after because she's paying your wages you know there's this fun way of playing with that yes. you know yeah and a, and a good author even though you know kj parker is probably a very old white guy he i don't know just he just gets away with it more yeah by by doing it knowingly and couching it in fun yes and also not just using a woman as an object like no. literally having her as a a competent, uh, important character for more than just her face and her body. Yeah, and she you only know. got there because and what I always her find father was in charge. Even weirder is the idea that anybody having a face of a child that anybody no it's I, i'm just saying that so, but it's i'm just saying it's the what? way that it comes in it's sort of like she was so childlike she looked like a child because she was like small like because the guy is tall and she's small and looks up to him and something like that like i yeah. can sometimes look like i'm uh, 17 or so if i if <laughs> i do. yeah yeah <laughs> exactly but that's nothing to no, no no and that's the thing like it's possible to write about somebody like looking young or looking more vulnerable or looking like that. But every single mention of her is immediately followed up by, but look at her body. <laughs> oh, wouldn't you like to get her? Wouldn't you like to get your hands on that? You want to fuck that, don't you? Yeah, you uh, do. Uh, no, but that's what it feels like. Uh, that's what it feels like to read it. Again, you can do all of the writing around it, but when at the heart of it is yeah. sort of like, you know, is like it feels like Ben Bova's like drawn a picture of a woman and there's wanking over it or something. You're like, look, I don't want to read this. I don't want to read this. like you. You're right. You're the one writing about her. Just, Just make... keep it private. Keep it private. Like he can write himself a story and enjoy it. No, 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 no. Like, look, like, I'm putting it aside. I'm putting it aside. It's just that I didn't care about, and also I didn't care enough about the story because, like, yeah. I say all of that aside. Yeah. No, I was going to say, oh, I could forgive it. But no, I couldn't because, like, yeah, it, obviously was, not. it was in the free library. You, you I was trying it. trying it out. And as soon as I got into it, I was like, oh, this is a bit, I'm feeling a bit squeaky. Yeah. Squeaky, is that the right squeaky? word? Squeaky? Is that squeaky? even a word? Yeah, that's maybe the word that I was thinking before when I said squeaky. Never or heard squicked. the word. Squicked out, I think that's the word. Squicked? Squicked out. Okay. It's got a Q in there, so you Germans don't know it. What? <laughs> I know, <All> right. <laughs> I, if you would have asked me how would this word be spelled, I would have spelled it exactly like that. <laughs> okay. It's like we, we just you learn proper German first, yeah, then you can lecture me on English language. Around. Squirrel. Anyway, say it. Eichhörnchen. Eichhörnchen. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. word. Anyway, uh, we looked up. Uh, <laughs> someone said we're going to squash this rebellion, and I'm thinking, uh, I think what you're trying to say is quash the rebellion. And yeah. then I then I had a good deep dive on the where the word quash and squash comes from. They almost mean the same thing. Yes, almost, almost mean the same thing. Yes. It turns out you are allowed to squash a rebellion, even though I would say quash a rebellion. But that's more of like overtime. Oh, 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 oh. I want to mention, I want to say apologize to all American listeners. In America, frown is something you do with your mouth, not with your forehead. Yeah, we learned. We learned How? This. Yeah. Americans, why? It turns out I, I was taking the piss of all these American authors, especially Brandon Sanderson. I was like, frown. He did. He turned his he turned his mouth down in a frown. And I was like, frowns are what you do with your forehead. It turns out Americans think frowns are what you do with your mouth. It's something that you do with your mouth where you turn the corners of your mouth down. Everywhere else in the world, in, in English language and in all other languages, frown is something about wrinkling a forehead. Except yeah, in like, America, where it's about turning the corners of your mouth down. It's, I didn't know. It's not even wrinkling your forehead. It's literally... 
like getting yeah. your eyebrows to yeah. together. Yeah. So they have like there's like two things that two two creases that come between between yeah. uh, up there on your forehead. It it I can even frown without even moving my mouth. Exactly. That's the thing. There is if if uh, but again the uh, apparently that but the meaning for frown like you know mm. the frown emoji doesn't yeah. actually show the forehead. It just shows the mouth turned down. It's like sad emoji. Mm. But apparently the frown frown emoji is just like someone looking sad with the the the, the corners of the mouth turned down weird i know and his thing it's there's suddenly an expression which i've heard many times and has never made sense to me but i've never cared enough to look it up yeah which is, is turn that frown upside down and i've never known ah. when americans say turn that frown upside down i didn't know what it meant was that's that sad face thing with the ah. with the corners of your mouth going down which yeah. is what americans call a frown yeah which we just call a sad face yeah it turn it upside down it means make it so it's a smiley face so the corners yeah. of the lips go up and suddenly turn that frown upside down but I always thought it meant it's sort of like your eyebrows that are put going down here yeah. I always thought it meant lift your eyebrows up yeah. and like yeah, that's what you know, I thought. flatten out your forehead or crinkle your forehead in the other way rather than do it this way but it makes so much more sense if you think that a frown is a, a mouth in this shape and to turn it upside down makes it in that shape which I'm doing hand motions for you uh, one is here. like a yeah sad uh, face uh, and, and smiley face yeah, yeah. Uh, and so now that makes it so I want to apologize for all American listeners for content constantly taking the piss out of American authors not knowing that it was an Americanism thing yeah you know but come on guys you no, can't no, no. You apparently can't in America every, everyone, okay, everyone's been same, brought up everyone's okay. been brought up to be ta- everyone's been told that you, a frown is something you do with your mouth not with your forehead right. to or me eyes, that is eyebrows. so much of a, a cartoon character kind of style please like just go like everybody in the world a frown is being done with your forehead no 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 that's it americans invented emojis yeah 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 that might be true but emojis aside i played you part of that podcast and they're like does anybody actually have their mouth turned down or is it just clowns in the ringling brothers circus it's like yeah Yeah, no that 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 kind of thing where the mouth goes down at the sides that's you, you literally not have to, a thing. To, to practice that. Yeah. I only thought it was clowns, but apparently what a, cl- a sad clown is doing isn't sad clown face. It's, it's a actually frown. a frown. It's a, 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 it's a big frown. Anyway, don't know where it comes from. I only heard this from listening to a podcast where they they'd mentioned frowns and then they got lots of feedback from people outside of America going, what are you talking about frowns? Yeah. Anyway. Frown is being done with the forehead, guys. Really? Uh, no, no, no. It's okay that Americans have a, the sa- use the same word for something different. But at least now, when I read my next Brendan Sanderson novel, you and they say he, his, his corners of his mouth went down in a frown, I was like, uh, or whatever, like you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll at least I'll understand yeah. that Brendan Sanderson is using a word incorrectly if he was British or yeah. wanting to talk to an international audience. But Americans, they have a different word. And there are other things. I think there's like other <laughs> things when I read books and I, I thought. <laughs> what what are they trying to say here? What is that? What is that person doing? Like down. something now? <laughs> no, doing something silently, like or like there was something else <laughs> yeah, that we talked kind of about. Uh, I, I don't know, but now it makes sense that yeah. obviously in some cultures and let's yeah. say the American culture, some things are just perceived so yeah. utterly different to the rest of the yeah. world that they just say something and for them it's correct. Yeah. And I sit there and think like. What are they yeah. doing? Yeah. Mm. They're walking on a sidewalk, not a pavement. Nah, that they're was, going to find there was the, something else. They're going to find the, the, the WC, the water closet, not the yeah, toilet. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's a different one. Yeah. Anyway. But now 
we have more understanding. If we yes. read something where we think, nah, that's just bad writing. Anyway, it I wasn't going to mention, that's just added another 10 minutes to the did. end of our essay. This, this is, is not this a is, short. This is the longest science fiction book review short. It's not a short. It's, but it was science fiction. But you're not going to write this book. Nah, I think I'll, I'll give it one star. Uh, you're not, you didn't finish no, it. No, I didn't finish it. Did I, I mean, you did what finish do I it. When, do? What you do I did finish do? it when, like, you, you read it before. I read it before. And, okay, I'm going to review my reading experience of, I'm going to rate my reading, reading experience of this book. 0. 0.5 stars. Okay, good. I that, only got two hours sense. into a 15 hour or a 13 hour audio book. Mm -hmm. But I, it disturbed me so much. And I have read the book. It's not like that, you know, Hank Green book where I was like, well, this book's not for me and <laughs> yes, I put it exactly. away or the other one. And what does it have on Goodreads? What's the, what's the, what's the... Oh, probably it's probably, I'm going to say it's probably got quite a high rating, yeah. mostly because it's... People, got, yeah, people put the review and then the, and the, and the rating in Yeah, that they remember memory. from the 90s, yeah. yeah so that, oh, I remember reading this in the 90s. Let's click on it. Mars. Uh, average review is 3.85. Actually, yeah. that is quite low. Um, yeah, but... So Tom Rowe rated it four stars. Sometimes it's nice to read a book which the fate of the entire world is not in jeopardy. Bova has a nice straightforward t style without a lot of flash. This is the second of the Grand Tour series that I've read and I'm definitely enjoying it. I want to say Venus was much better than this. I might give it some of the other books a go, especially if there's no women characters. I know that's weird me to say this, but like no women characters is better than mm. this guy trying to write women characters or having women involved in any of the stories. Yep. Yeah, Ooh, you can... I think you can see that people... As, so what I always do, if I read a book that I haven't, like, I, I read a book in the past and I, uh, I mean, I generally don't write reviews, but what, what I can tell for sure is if people just put a rating in mm. and don't put that many reviews, it is people rating it from memory. Yeah, they're like, oh, I reckon, yeah, Ben Bova. Oh, yeah. Five stars, yeah, yeah. whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Let's imagine this graphically, shall we? I have a com a compiled a totally legit and scientifically objective graph for this experiment and its excitement level and percentage through the book. And the excitement starts at like 97. And by the time it's at minus 100% <laughs> excitement level by the time it gets to the end of the book. I and I bailed out when this person's excitement curve was probably not even, probably not even at the 20% mark. But okay. yeah, mine was already down to zero excitement level by the time I got to a, okay. like, you know, two, hour two or three hours into it. So, that looks like uh, a fun review. So yeah, they even put uh, an approximate formula. If t if f uh, open bracket t close bracket equals e equals excitement for the book, the formula is approximately this. So anyway, very good. Uh, <laughs> oh I, man, I should just read out other people's reviews. This yeah. is way easier than me talking talking about books for forty five minutes. Racism check. Sexist characters check. Robot characters check. I never got to the robot. Male character who can do no wrong and always gets his way check. Science and technology for science and technology's st state. I guess sake. I mean check. Politicians are bad. Science is good. Check. Strawman politician and reporters for scientists to show how science is good. Check. Yeah. Uh, but I only got to the racism and sexist part. I didn't get to the male <laughs> robot characters. The politicians are bad. Strawman politician, science and technology, or the male characters who can do no wrong and always gets his way. Although, yeah, I could see that you, coming. You, you already mentioned it. I, I could like, see that coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, that's enough about that. Oh, if I'd have gone down here, that I'd looks like a really good review. Yeah, um, I'm trying to. I <laughs> looks was, like I a was podcast. Say, do, looks do, do, like a podcast. Does it say the name? Script. Does it say the name of the uh, of of the of the of the the main woman character? The love of um. Do, 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 no, I don't see it here. It would probably it would probably pump pump out to me. This view. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> it says this review has been hidden because it contains spoilers to review it click here spoiler my first spoiler review scurvy really question mark explanation mark for fuck's sake and that's that's the review so in other words there's there's a i remember from reading it the first time there's there, there's like a, a um a bacteria or a disease or something that starts spreading and they're like is it a martian bacteria we're yeah. catching it and it says spoiler review scurvy and i'm like oh it's scurvy is it scurvy really? isn't that I, the, that's the stuff you get when you don't have enough vitamin yeah, well, you don't c enough, or... yeah you don't eat enough lemons yeah or limes is what is what the, how the british navy got around with it they, they gave everyone limes to eat yeah and that's or why sauerkraut that's why <laughs> no no in in the, uh, that's why british sailors they were then called limeys and now that's another name for british people is a limey oh i don't know that one limes. but i know that they put then sauerkraut and big uh, uh, barrels on chips and so that they they got their vitamin c through that yeah anyway uh oh, it says here uh mars presents challenges that are personal environmental rather than the product of some mustache twirling villain skullduggery and i even told you there's a mustache twirling villain like the, the british doctor guy was like well my dastardly plan is i'm going to try and get this woman mm, raped i guess yes that will do the trick and i'm like really that's your plan that's your plan you want someone to do something so inappropriate <laughs> they're gonna get kicked off the mission and you're just gonna set up this woman to be this guy's victim and that's your plan Okay, let, let's let's finish up this podcast. Right, let's finish up before fifty minutes because if we get to fifty minutes, Please. that's like this is a. Thank you very much for enjoying our science fiction book review podcast short episode. This is a short <laughs> episode. These are meant to be over in about twelve minutes. Yeah. Well, depending on. Hey, I think we had a fun conversation here. We did have a fun conversation, and uh, and now I'm certainly not sleepy anymore. Yeah, you were like, hey, let's just t knock off one more podcast. We did the how to rule an empire and get away with it. Just do one more quick podcast, and this has not been the one more quick podcast that you. Not expected. quick. All right. Here well, we, we go. still got one more podcast to go, but we'll do that later in the week. I want to yes. talk about Adrian Tchaikovsky's Children of Memory because mm. I want to finish that book bef after Juliana finished. Um, Alistair Reynolds' uh, Aversion book. Because and I, I have finished it. Good. So we will get to that uh, on Friday At or some point. Like so, I'm not uh, doing any, making any promises. Thanks a lot for listening to our two reviews in, in one day, uh, recorded <laughs> literally three minutes apart. Um, that's it from us. You can follow me on uh, on Instagram. I'm at Luke Burridge. Juliana is J-U-K-U Berlin on yep. Instagram. You can follow us on Mastodon as well. I'm quite mm. enjoying posting on Mastodon bits yeah. and pieces, although I haven't because I've been ill for the last week, so I've not yes. really looked at it or done anything there so you can you can check that out um uh, you can find links to mine and Juliana's uh mastodon handles in the show notes right uh, i put links there yeah so you can check that out i was going to say what mine is but i don't know what it is it's luke burridge at something at something at some, too many at signs in mastodon handles yeah something with n u at the end no rue oh no no, no. Masto. n uh, dot n u n u luke burridge at master bait new dot what how not masturbate <laughs> what are you talking so about every time anyone says the word masto i'm 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 like <laughs> like my brain is already feeling in masturbate before it gets to odon because like for my entire life words that begin with master like there's there's i don't know there's just one ending to that <laughs> Oh, male brains yeah I'm male just brains are just totally fucked up mastodon yeah, nothing Masticate. wrong with it. Oh, it's just Masticate. such a nasty word. Okay. Like, we want to finish up this podcast. Look, we have 20 seconds to finish it up. Before Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.